1: hey everyone welcome back to across the romaverse it's episode 78 here which we're titling the kids are all right for obvious reasons if you watch any of yesterday's match or saw the highlights uh youth was served for roma in Uh, unfortunately another disappointing defeat the third draw in a row I said defeat I meant draw but it's the third draw in a row for Roma against a side that is below them in the table we're no strangers to Roma dropping points against these kind of teams here on uh Kia and across the Roma fan base but man three in a row is tough to swallow especially when you look at the standings and see that Roma is only six points off a fourth uh behind Juve in eighth place and those six points could have been made up with with three victories in these matches. So certainly Roma is not the only team struggling right now, but that's what we're going to focus on here on across the reverse, because Roma is not helping themselves at all. So, Jimmy, Brandon, how are you guys doing after we, we took last week off?
2: I'd be feeling a whole lot worse if the other clubs that were fighting for, you know, that kind of four through six range in the table were consistently winning uh i feel a little bit better about drawing to fastball to able to beat inter uh that seems you know all right uh but at the same time you know obviously we'll have plenty of time to talk about some of the more disappointing parts of the past couple matches uh but it's after a certain point i I'm, I'm coming to terms with the fact that at least with this current incarnation of the squad it might be best to just play the kids whenever possible Uh, because yeah, there's a, there are a lot of senior team players at this point who I prefer, uh, hit the high road when summer comes along. Yeah, for sure. Brandon, what about you?
0: I mean, I was doing better until you started uh, talking about fourth place and uh, where we would be (laughs) if we didn't drop these points. So I think I'm back to being a little, uh, bit of in a bad mood (laughs) with regards to where we're at, but you know, other than that, I can't complain.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I, it'd be easy for me to take if Juve or Atalanta or somebody who's running away with fourth, where it'd be like, all right, you know, we aren't that good this season. We're, we weren't making the Champions League anyway. But now it's like, it's, it's within grasp, but it's not at the same time because Roma just keeps dropping points. I think Atalanta's won one of their last eight I saw today. Juve, another... Draw Atalanta this. has been putrid. Very, very poor. Terrible. Yeah. I do that not was-
2: know what happened. Can someone explain to me what's been happening with them? Because I've I- been I- watching some of their matches, but I don't get why this
1: club has just fallen off since you know they had a really easy. good first half, half season. <laughs> I think
2: yeah,
1: they're the glue <laughs> yeah, I think they're missing Zapata a lot more than I think people realize they would without yeah. the striker play up front but you spoke about Sassuolo a uh, huge win against Inter yesterday Inter dropped an opportunity to move first because Milan drew Salernitana they had to come from behind against Salernitana Napoli drew in Cali today the only team in the top eight that got a positive three-point result this weekend was Fiorentina, who beat Atalanta. Seven of the top eight sides on the table dropped points, which which just speaks to how inconsistent everybody is. And it just, you know, maybe takes the light a little bit off of Roma and their flaws outside of the Roma first. But, man, we can brew so many missed opportunities this season. And Sassuolo, man, they just... They step up against all the big sides. They've taken points off of pretty much everybody in the top seven or eight this year. If only they stepped it up against the smaller sides, they'd probably be a threat for Europe themselves with some of the talents they have. But we're here to talk about Roma, so let's focus on Roma. If you saw the match on Saturday, uh, Roma fell behind quickly through Antonin Barak. Poor defending on a corner kick from Roma. The ball found its way in, and he he kind of half-volleyed at home. Then in the 20th minute, it was Temeze with a goal assisted by Gianluca Caprari, who was a thorn in Roma's side all match, the former Roma Primavera player who was having uh, the season of his life with nine goals and now seven assists. He was involved in both goals. Uh, And Verona really kind of lost their their bite a bit when he came off in the 63rd minute. So let's thank Igor Tudor for taking him off because he was a problem for Roma. Uh, And then it was the kids. You know, We had the group text going uh, throughout the match. And I said at halftime, I said to the guys, I said, you know, at this point, the, the bench is short. The only guy really on the bench was like Diwara and Vertu. I said, just throw the kids in there, you know, let, let Zalewski play, let Bove play, let's get some of these kids on. And, and lo and behold, I don't want to say I'm like a, a psychic or something, but it was two of the, the kids who came through from uh, Christian Volpato, the young Australian, 18-year-old with the, the first goal, and then Eduardo Bove with the second one, the Roman. I don't know. He looked like Medusa. He kind of lulled everybody to sleep on his shot. Nobody ran at him and he just fired at home. And Roma managed a 2 2 draw. So let's focus on the youth here because a lot of our listener questions focused on it. And uh, Kanahanan on CDT message board They uh, pointed this out. He said, the last time a teenager scored for Roma, Was the 2018-19 season and neither Zaniela nor Kloivert were promoted from our own youth team? Those are the guys that scored as teenagers that year. Can it be explained simply by the fact that senior Roma team is so bad that youngsters get a chance? Or did something happen in our youth system that could provide even more talent in the future? So I'll take this one to start off. And, you know, that's a great stat that uh, kind of threw out there. I did not realize that it's been, you know, almost four C, three seasons, I guess, since Roma had a teenager score when Zaniela and Kloivert did. I think part of it is the Roma senior side is pretty bad this year. You know, there's, there's been more opportunities for some of the young players. And I think maybe we realize in terms of teenagers with Mourinho coming in, I think a lot of people figured he'd rely on a lot on the veterans, but you know, kids are finding their chances. Felix started this match. He's been starting pretty consistently. And now we saw Volpato get it. I think it was his second appearance of the season. He scores. Boves got a couple of sub appearances. I think one start in the conference league. He seems to be in Mourinho's favor and um, you know they're getting chances. Zalewski got a chance. Jimmy's been on that one for a while, so Jimmy, I'm sure, was happy to see Zalewski on the field. He had a positive impact. I I don't want to say anything's happened in the U system because if you look at the Roma Primavera, they are running away right now at the top of the the Primavera standings. I saw they beat AC Milan two one this weekend without three of their better players, so to speak. In Volpato, uh, the Greek kid, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It starts with a K, and uh, I think the keeper too had to be called up because I think. Uh, Boer was one of the players who had to miss out with COVID. So I, I wouldn't say too much has happened. I think Roma's, we've talked about their youth system quite a bit on here. And, and you know, we're starting to see some of the, you know, the fruits of our, our labor here in terms of bringing players through Alberto De Rossi's system. And maybe they're just getting a few more opportunities than we expected. So continuing on with the youth system, uh, D. Bush from CDT Message Boards asked us to please cover in our podcast the claim that people make that Mourinho's methods are detrimental to young players. Many say that because Mourinho training methods are poor. Felix has become worse and that Bove or other Primavera players were good against Hellas because Mourinho didn't train them. Is that even true? Bove already played a few times, and I thought he's been training with the A-team for a while now.
2: Yeah. So I'll be honest and say that I hadn't really heard too much of this as being a narrative against Mourinho, at least in Rome. I know that some other clubs have criticized him for not giving the youth as much of a chance, but even then I thought that was kind of weird because, you know, Marcus, Marcus Rashford first became part of the Manchester United side in a serious way when Mourinho was there, he was brought up to the first team under Mourinho. And, you know, we've seen with Felix, we've seen with, A lot of young players come in and, you know, be rather impressive for people who are getting their first start in a Serie A context. So I I don't necessarily buy this idea that Mourinho's training is somehow poor for youth in particular. Uh, I would also just point out that one of the biggest issues that we've harped on again and again for Roma's Primavera is that it's very, very hard to make the jump from the Primavera League to Serie A playing for Roma in particular. And the reason for that is at least in part because Roma isn't really able to have a, you know, a B-side in the way that uh, a Barcelona does, that's playing against at least adults on a week-to-week basis. And so no matter how good a lot of these young Primavera players could become, it's a lot harder to get to the point where you could start for Roma on a regular basis without playing against, you know, the types of players that you might play against in a senior level Roma match. I would also just say that, you know, I think that we can, I have a lot of issues with Mourinho at this point. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I do have issues with him. And I would just say that one of the things I definitely don't have an issue with is how he's been handling the youth. Um, He's brought in a lot more younger players than pretty much any other Roma manager that I can remember doing. Uh, Maybe part of that is because every single report, regardless of the source is saying that he's got a pretty long leash with the Friedkin group. Uh, Maybe part of that is because he knows that no matter what uh, Roma tries to do in the summer that they won't have a budget on the same scale as you know the Milan clubs or Juventus so he's got to play with you know a what is admittedly a world-class academy Uh, so yeah I, I don't necessarily buy this narrative and you know obviously I was pretty happy with the results of academy players being out on the field this weekend.
1: Yeah, he's starting to change that reputation. I think that reputation came much earlier in his career because, like you mentioned, Rashford, I'm pretty sure Luke Shaw came up under him at United. I know there was a player too in the Tottenham Hotspur documentary I watched that came up under him. So he's starting to change that. And I think he is, you know, using what he has available to him. And if he's tired of senior players, I think he's at the point now where he's like, you know what? If this kid's going to earn a chance, let me give him a chance, especially in a match like this where the bench was so short. And, you know, now these kids are certainly begging the question, do they get more playing time right away? How do they get worked in? So uh, VR from on Twitter asks: we've seen multiple times this year, Mourinho rely on youth. First Felix, now Vopalto Mbove. Do you think he's the right coach to get the most out of these kids? And do you think any of them will stick around next year?
2: Yeah, I certainly don't think he's the wrong coach. (laughs) Um, I think that compared to somebody who has, would have a shorter leash with the freaking group compared to somebody who, you know, is a much more traditional Serie A manager. Uh, I think that he's the right guy to get a lot out of the youth. I think that, you know, one of the biggest strikes against Serie A managers in the past has been that they're like terrified of playing young players. And you see, it, you see exceptions here and there with different clubs. Like Sassuolo's always been comfortable with trying to bleed in younger players. Atalanta's also been comfortable with trying to bring in their academy players. But even when it comes to, you know, the Milan clubs they're Juventus, There's a reason why Juventus has such a huge stable of players they've bought from other clubs, but then you know they just waste away on loan a lot of the time. Uh, Serie A managers in general just do not like playing the youth, and I think that you know I already mentioned this with the previous question, but it certainly looks like Mourinho is comfortable at least this season playing some of the youth. I don't know what their long-term futures are. Out of the three that were mentioned, I think that Felix probably has the best chance of sticking around just because it was so it was much quicker for him to start getting chances. And he's now been starting matches relatively consistently uh, since he got that kind of shift up to the senior squad. So out of the three of them, I think he's the most likely to stick around next season, instead of going out on loan or, you know, some buyback. But yeah, I, I do think he's the right coach to get the most out of the kids. And I do think that, you know, it's imperative for Roma to do that because I think that it's way more foreseeable for Roma to become a force in Europe and Italy by kind of being a Sassuolo on steroids where they really use their academy to, or, you know, young Italian players to their best of their ability, then, you know, being able to follow the Milan method or the Juve method where they're able to spend tens and tens of millions of dollars, every single Mercado. They're, they're not going to be able to ever make Vlahovic per purchases in the winter um, with, even with this ownership group. So I think that trying to become kind of an Atalanta on steroids or a Sassuolo on steroids is the right move.
1: Yeah. And I think who sticks around next year all depends on how the Mercato goes this summer. If, you know, they bring in a couple of big names in the midfield, maybe Bove goes on loan somewhere as a 20 year old and gets consistent playing time at like a Sassuolo type side where Roma tend to send players. I think it all depends on that. and, And that really won't be able to be answered until next summer. And, and really depends on how maybe they play the rest of this season. If they're given enough opportunities to really prove that they can hack it at a top, you know, five, six type side that want has aspirations of qualifying for the champions league next season. So Capradi, Okaka, Pellegrini, both of them, Verdi, Romagnoli, any, any more am I missing, uh, I Muka asked from CDT. There are the most, um, you know, Roma, the ha- the financial situation isn't good. So shouldn't the club try a different strategy to the youth, Uh, He refers to Brent's comment about Ronaldo when that rumor floated around that Roma struggles to, you know, pay Dior's wages. So where are they going to find the money under a pillow to, to pay for like a Ronaldo type? So is it time for Roma to invest in youth? And, you know, Roma's invested in youth in the past, I say, you know, Justin Kluivert, Zaniolo. Uh, Cheng when they brought him in uh, some of the, the center backs like Ibania. So I think Roma has been investing in youth in the past, maybe not their homegrown youth as much as we see this season. Cause Primavera kids are coming up a little bit more. It's funny. He puts Caprari in a question. Cause he's a guy that was in the Roma Academy about 10 years ago. And you know, it, it takes time for some of these players to really find their footing. You know, Caprari 28 now and now he's starting to play like pretty decent level Serie A football for a mid-level club. So, you know, it depends on how the players develop, I guess, I wouldn't say Roma has to necessarily change their, their tactics in the market because I think they are investing in youth. We see that with Kumbala too, is another one. They invested heavily in him. Depends, you know, I think the rest of the squad around the youth has to fit per- properly because if you're going all youth, you're not going to compete with the Juve's and the Inters of the world. I think it's a it's got to be the right mix, and that's what uh, I think Pinto is looking to do, you know, bring in a player like Serge Oliveira, but also bring in a player like Maitland Niles. Tammy Abraham could be considered youth still at this point. He's still under 25 years old. So I think Roma is looking at youth. I think it's just how you perceive youth, I think, when you think about that. Uh, Aristotle from Twitter says, as a Roma fan and buying into this three-year project, I really don't care where we end up on the table, except relegation, obviously, if it means the foundations get laid correctly. Of course, I'd prefer for us to be at least uh, a Europa spot. This is where it concerns me though. As Roma fans, we obviously buy into it, but how do you expect Pinto Marina to convince quality players to come in without European football money talks, but money also brings players who might become deadwood again. Should Roma be looking at bringing back uh, home, the Academy players who are excelling at other clubs and who understands what it means to play for this badge Well, giving chances to Primavera players who are starting to show out to build Rome, you're going to need Romans. So the, the Roman topic always comes up. I mean, we've, It's been a perpetual thing because you had, you know, Totti, De Rossi, Forenzi, Pellegrini. Now you see players like Bove coming through, who's a Roman, um, among others coming through the system. I think Aristotle brings out a good point. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with uh, his not caring where we end up in the table. I personally also, I know it'd be nice to finish in at least the Europa League spot, but if Roma finishes eighth and it means building the foundations properly, I think that could work out too. Would you guys agree?
0: If we're not getting the Champions League spots, I don't care where we finish as long as it's not, as this question pointed out, in the relegation spots. I agree with that. I think um, in the long term, we're probably going to need a season where we have no European commitments uh, to really get the ship right back on track. In most recent memory, I think maybe uh, Rudy Garcia's first year was a year like that. And, you know, look how that started off where we ran off 10 wins in a row. And that kind of was the start, um, at least you know in my memory, because that's kind of around the time I seriously f- started following the club. But that was kind of the starting point for the journey that culminated in that Champions League semifinal. So I think if we are going to get back to that point at one, one day, we're going to need that season where we don't have these European commitments. We can focus on the league, um, bring in some bodies and really, really uh, have a go at those top four spots.
1: Yeah, agreed. But what, what about you,
2: Jim? Yeah, I don't necessarily buy that we need a reset year. Um, I also don't necessarily buy that we're going to be out of the European spots this season. Um, maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, but watching Juventus, even after you know signing a guy worth apparently 75 million euros and also the guy that we were trying to sign and still seeing them be kind of eh, um, Basically, every in my opinion, basically everyone who isn't Milan or Inter, and even Milan and Inter sometimes, are looking tenuously holding on to their current spot on the table. Granted, we're not looking great either, but I do think that it's possible that we get into a fourth or fifth slot um, this season still, just because of how questionable everyone's been. And if we're able... I I do, I do. Um, I think it's possible. And... Granted, uh, I do think that there would be some benefits to only having to focus on, you know, Serie A and the Copa, but at the same time, I think that it's going to be practically impossible. If if we didn't have Mourinho, it would probably be very hard to bring in the quality players that we need to, to get into the Champions League without the Champions League. I don't know. I think Mourinho could be a difference maker on some level. But I think that he's, at this point, more of a difference maker for youngsters. I think that when you look at videos post-match from, like, Bopado, for example, when he said, you know, people used to ask me, who did I dream of playing under? And he always said Mourinho. Um, I think that when we have situations like that, it's going to be a lot easier to get exciting, like, youth to join up. But champions league is what makes the world go around. And I worry that if we have even one season without the champions league or, you know, some European competition that we're going to lose players like Tammy Abraham, Nicolo Zaniolo a whole lot easier and not really find it possible to replace them.
0: I guess just to um, push back, well, not even push back just to kind of clarify where I was going with it. Like I'm not advocating for a reset year at all because, you know, as, as, we, we've uh, had ground zero on a number of projects the last few years. Um, so I'm not advocating for that by any means, but I think, you know, if coincidentally we just end up eighth, ninth, 10th in one of these spots where we don't have European commitments next year, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think tournaments like the Europa League and the Conference League aren't going to aren't going to be what keeps, you know, the Zaniolos and the Abrahams of the world here. I think, you know, that's, that's all in the Champions League, but, so you know, if we're not going to be in the Champions League anyway, we might as well punt those competitions. I know it, you know, it brings in some money, but it, it it it's a fraction of the amount that you get in Champions League. So if you forego that for one season and you get, you know, are able to get that top four spot the next season, then I'm all on board. But I will say, I'm definitely not uh, supporting like a a full restart project because I don't know if I can handle another one of those.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think any of us want Roma year zero yet again. We've seen that <laughs> how many times in the last like four or five seasons. And, and there are benefits, I'm sure, to finishing outside of definitely like the conference league. We saw what that's done. Um, you know, yes, we're advancing. Yes, we, we might have a chance to win that, that trophy if things get turned around quickly because we have some time before the next round. But at the same time is is that helping recruit players or is Jose Mourinho's name helping recruit players more and Mourinho's you know reputation has taken a bit of a knock the past couple you know years that he's had at United and Spurs and now Roma but there are certain players who still love to play for him you know especially the 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 core that we talk about the Pellegrini's and and Abraham and players like that they seem to really like playing for him so you have to hope from a recruitment standpoint if Roma don't finish top four this season that his name still carries weight with uh, a decent number of players that Roma can attract over. But yeah, champions league is where you're really going to get the big names to want to come play. Like when that R- Ronaldo rumor popped up, that Roma was one of the teams interested if he leaves United, like why is Ronaldo at 37, who's trying to probably win another champions league before he retire, ever want to consider coming to Roma besides the wages that don't make sense for Roma. They're not most likely at this point with 12 matches left, they're they're going to have to work really hard to finish top four. Very unlikely. Why is Ronaldo want to come to Rome? Uh, yeah. The Mourinho reunion. But if he's not playing the champions, like why?
2: I also don't want Ronaldo on this team ever. Please don't ever <laughs> let that happen. Freaking group. Like if you, I'm sorry to the Ronaldo fans, but I, I could not, I would need to take a hiatus from following Roma. If we signed Ronaldo
1: 27 year old Ronaldo, would have taken, maybe not 37 year old Ronaldo. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine having the Ronaldo fans, the Mourinho fans and the Roma fans all on CDT, the message boards?
2: That's not even why, that's not even specifically why I wouldn't want Ronaldo on this team. I have like other reasons that I don't want to get, yeah, into there's, there's I don't get Reasons, But yeah. like yeah, yeah. But like I yeah, we, we have I, I love you Mourinho fans, I guess, but like I don't I don't need Ronaldo fanboys and Mourinho fanboys in my life at the same time. That'd be a bit too much for me.
1: Yeah. All right. One last question on the Primavera kids. Uh, Kostaba Harry Haran from CDT asked, you know, if uh, we're not going to finish high up in the European places, which is looking kind of unlikely, but like we said, it's only six points between fourth and eighth. So maybe it, it, maybe it's still within the realm of possibility. Should Mourinho be devoting more playing time to promising kids? What are the pros and cons of such, such a strategy? Well, the pros, obviously are the kids are getting playing time and you can really see what they're made out of, how they're developing, I think, but the con of such a strategy at this point with Roma only six back of fourth is there's still hope. Maybe even for, if it's not fourth, maybe for fifth and uh, the automatic Europa League spot, um, you know, improve on last year's seventh place finish. So if you throw the kids in there too soon and and things go sour against Spezia and then Atalanta in the next couple of matches, then the season really becomes over if your end goal was the Champions League. So there's definitely pros and cons. I think Mourinho is going to, give the kids their chances but i don't expect him to throw like three of these type of kids like the volpatos and the and boves in from the start against speci if he has his full array of of senior side players i don't know if you guys can correct me if um, you think i'm wrong but i don't see the kids starting in, in like mass starting next match yeah i'll take the silence <laughs> as, as, as agreement there <laughs> all right so moving on from the youth players uh Yorkada from the CDT message boards asks, What's missing in this Roma team to turn it around? Why are we having problems beating sides? We're better than on talent. And given that a DM isn't coming till summer, how do we salvage the rest of the season, Brandon?
0: What's missing? Talent. No, I'm just kidding. But um that, I mean that 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 is a part well. of it. That's <laughs> why we're not we're, that's why we're not beating the big boys or at the top of the table. But getting to the heart of the question where it's asking, um, about why we're not beating these better sides, I think it's really a confidence thing. Because early on in the season, uh, well, you know, a running a running theme of the season on a whole has been uh, conceding within the first ten minutes of the matches, whether against teams big and small. So, but against the smaller teams early on in the season, we were seeing um, you know it didn't really phase them. It kind of just kicked them into gear, and then eventually they would get all three points somehow. And that's not happening this time around. But that, I think, you know, you just chalk that up to confidence. So in terms of salvaging the rest of the season, I think I, you know, it, it doesn't really seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel now, just because of how deflating these last three results have been. But assuming, you know, there, there's that point in the next few weeks or so when they can kind of have that moment where like, Oh, okay, we can, we can still do this. I think that'll kind of be what salvages the rest of the season in terms of that confidence.
1: Yeah. So uh, one player who's been in the, the spotlight for the wrong reasons in recent weeks is Rick Karsdorp. So Yasser Alshimi asks, why does Mourinho play Karsdorp ahead of Ainsley Maitland-Niles? He's been nothing short of disastrous since the international break. Can't pass, can't cross, and can't defend. So I have to agree. I think Rick has had his maybe worst three-match stretch that we've seen in a while since he's been playing for Roma the past <clears throat> excuse me year and a half. He's been pretty good. But, you know, Sassuolo, he was a nightmare. He was pretty much responsible for both goals. Yesterday, not great. I think yesterday, if Mourinho has his full array of talent, you know, available to him, I, I don't think Karsdorp starts if, like, Mikatarian's available in that situation. I think Karsdorp got the start because it was pretty much Diwara or Ver 2 left on the bench. And I don't think he wanted to play Ver 2 wide in the 4 2 3 1 that Roma played. I think he pretty much used AMN to protect Karsdorp a little bit yesterday as the right winger is um you know not a true fullback I think you know if everyone was there Maitland Nile starts I had him in my projected starting 11 as the right back and I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting against Spezia next weekend but we'll see we'll see what Mourinho thinks if uh Rick starts again next week though I'd be surprised with his recent performances he might need a a match to kind of sit and stew and and you know get get think thinking things over a bit and maybe figure things out uh, another player who's been a little bit uh of a lightning rod of late, a player who I like, but he was suspended. Yes. Uh, not yesterday, but Saturdays, John uh, Luca Mancini and Garibaldino asks, should Mancini be renewed given our weaknesses at the back?
0: That's an excellent question. I think, you know, I'm inclined to say that we shouldn't uh, renew anybody on this team outside of Zaniola and Abraham, but that's not realistic. But no, I think, um you know when you have a an Italian international especially as a defender you kind of unless you know the wheels have really fallen off I think you have to think about renewing him um even if it is just a rotational piece but we don't really have the budget to be bringing in multiple center backs who are going to be higher than Mancini on the pecking order so given our current budget and current constraints and all that good stuff I think he should be renewed but you know, maybe not exactly at the salary he's asking for, or a little on a maybe on a shorter contract, things like that. Not some of these gigantic renewals that we've seen in season seasons past.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think Marino obviously has made him the vice captain. I think he's going to be around. And I think the renewal happens. I do like Mancini. He has been a little underwhelming of late, but like you said, we don't have money to bring in like three, four center backs next season. And if Ibanez is potentially sold if maybe Smalling finds his way out or they, they move Kumbala instead of Ibanez, I think is probably the safest of the four to stick around at least uh, till the end of the Mourinho reign, however long that is. And speaking of Jose Mourinho, always a, a popular you know, topic on the Roma message boards these days. Uh, AS Roma fan 6 asks, is Jose Mourinho starting to lose control of this team? You can't believe everything you read on the internet, but the signs are there. I don't follow the Premier League like I do Serie A, but from what I understand, this happened at United and Tottenham.
0: I don't think we're uh, we're quite there yet to where we can compare it to the United and Tottenham situations. I don't follow either of those teams particularly closely. Um, City's my prem team, but from what I from what I remember from those sagas, I, you know, the, it was really like palpable um, even from afar that um, <laughs> the Mourinho is kind of losing the reins with those teams, and that's not really been the case at all here. You know, we we see articles popping up every now and then about discontent among the squad and things like that. But I think that's kind of par for the course when you're going through a rough patch. And it's very clear that, you know, Mourinho himself is still very invested in the team. You see uh, you know, in, in the match, he was going after every loose ball that went near him and uh doing all the classic Mourinho antics, but at the same time, uh You know, the players still seem to be there for him as well, because as you guys mentioned in their uh, post-match pressers, the, the kids are crediting Mourinho and talking about how, you know, how much of a dream it is to work with him and all that good stuff. And a lot of the senior players are still on board with Mourinho. So I don't think, you know, would any of us be surprised if this whole Mourinho experience comes crashing down midway through year two, certainly in year three? Probably not. But I think at this point in time. Especially, uh, you know, for the optimists out there, where who uh, think we still can achieve our goals, I think that it's it's it, the wheels haven't fallen off to the point where we can start comparing the Mourinho tenure to his time at Spurs and United.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're there yet, and I think, like you said, most of the core is is with him. I think they'll jettison out whoever's not with him this summer, bring in more Mourinho type players in summer, and then next season if things get a little wonky in the dressing room, then it's probably falling apart because then they're his type players and not just guys that were here from the Fonseca and EDF reigns. So stick, sticking on that same kind of theme here, Jim, uh, Aristotle says, you know, every they say every manager or coach in sports gets two to three hair dryer treatments of their team. Mourinho has used two of them without getting the outcome he expected from them. So where does it leave Roma for the rest of the season? It seems whatever is being done in training isn't reflected on the pitch and everything just looks bad.
2: So, yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of things at
1: play here. I
2: think that, first of all, I would expect Marino to probably get, you know, maybe one or two extra from that just because, as Brandon mentioned, there are some players who are probably unhappy. But, you know, the core, like, star players for this team, which I would label as, you know, Zaniolo, Pellegrini, and Abraham, we have seen zero indicator that any of them are anything other than, like, 100% on board with Mourinho. Add in all the kids who seem to adore Mourinho. And it's pretty apparent to me that the players who might be getting kind of upset are those people who are somewhat in between star status and, you know, like kid. So I'm thinking like Jordan Vera to uh, Rick Karsdorp, uh, you know, maybe, maybe even Gianluca Mancini. I don't know the specific, I'm not going to speculate too much on that. But the point is, I think that they've he's probably got one or two more of those left in him. Uh, and I I don't know if whatever's done in training isn't being reflected on the pitch. Like I could totally see this as being a problem that the training is going well, and then the moment the actual lights are on, things fall apart. Because like that's what it looks like if you concede goals as quickly as Roma does in a lot of these matches. Right? It, it doesn't seem like it's a tactical learning problem. It's more just a you can't handle the heat of the situation. And I don't know what the solution to that is honestly um, beyond maybe trying to weed out some of the weaker mentalities in the summer. Uh, I definitely would be in favor of that, but yeah, I, I, I think that he's Roma Roma, I think has a couple more tirades left in them before things really fall apart. I'm, I, I'm not saying it's over just yet.
1: Yeah. So that moves on to the management aspect and uh, Babo from Twitter asks, is freaking really happy with what Jose has done so far, or is he just, you know, putting it out there that they're supporting him, to keep the team calm while they're searching for another manager.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think that one of the things I've liked the most about the Freakin groups management of Roma so far is how opposite they've been compared to Jim Palotta about getting involved in at least publicly in the day-to-day of things. Uh, you know, we've seen articles saying that, you know, Ryan Friedkin in particular is involved with things like the stadium development and, you know, a lot of those things, but they're not putting out pressers Every time there's an embarrassing loss, like Pelota used to, they're not, you know, making these kind of outrageous claims about what Roma will or won't do in the transfer market. Uh, They're letting the results or lack thereof, and the signings or lack thereof do the talking. And I appreciate that. It also makes me think that they're going to have a lot longer leash for a manager or basically anybody in Roma's kind of hierarchy than Pelota did. Because Pelota was not good at, you know, waiting things out a little bit. And... I don't think they're just searching for another manager also because of how expensive Mourinho is. Unless they think that he's going to resign, there would be no reason to look for another manager right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, I don't know if happy would be the right word, but I think they probably recognize that developing Roma into a club deserving of its city and fan base is going to take time. And so I, I don't think any, anybody who's in the investment field that they are in knows that you know things don't just turn around immediately overnight it takes a lot of work and so I'm assuming that they know that for Roma just as much as they do for the other things that they work on
1: yeah I agree I think they're truly behind him and like you mentioned the money they're not letting Mourinho go for like nine million a season at this point in the first year and paying that for two more years and hiring another manager for multi-million dollars Uh, a manager of Mourinho's reputation is going to be given some time in Rome especially by the freakins with the way they seem to manage so a couple questions left here we kind of alluded to our answers to this one before but As Roma fan 6 asks, we just finished match day 26 and we're in eighth place. If we finish the season in eighth, would you consider the season a failure? Brandon, I think I know your answer, but I'll throw it to you.
0: Yeah, I would say it depends who you're asking here. I think if you're asking uh, the club, the fan base as a whole, uh, Italian journalists, I would say a lot of them would say it's a massive failure to me specifically. You all already know if it's not the Champions League, I don't really want it, so... It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to me, but I think it would be disappointing. But I think year one of a new project with the new manager, where we have uh, a squad made up um, that that came together out of <laughs> three or four different sporting directors, I think um, it's it's not you know where we want to be as a club, but I think it's it's really tricky with year one of a project because. You know, uh Klopp famously was like seventh or eighth in his first season at Liverpool. Uh you look where they're at now. Um and sorry to use another premier Premier League example on a on an Italian soccer podcast, but uh I think Alex Ferguson also had a couple of rough years before things really got going. So I think to to the Roma to the Roma versus a whole. Yeah, that's a failure. But to me, I think it depends how season two shapes up before I, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be so quick to label it a failure. I would say that.
1: Yeah. And I'd love to hear the listeners, you know, on Twitter or on the message boards, what their opinion would be if, of an eighth place finish with maybe a, a reason why. And we'll wrap up on this last question. This is from cornbread Wilson on Twitter. It's actually a one word question. And he had, he says, here's my biggest question. After years of watching Roma, why? <laughs> I'm going to be honest and say
2: that for me personally, one of the reasons why Roma is still an intriguing watch, despite all the trials and tribulations, is that unlike many of the other options for fandom uh, in soccer or football, you know, across the European continent, they're somewhat in between. It's not a Bayern Munich or a Juventus or a Manchester United, where, you know, the expectation is you win the title every single year. And if you don't, you're failing. And, you know, I think that there is an issue with the way that, you know, pa- Lorenzo Pellegrini recently said that there's an issue with how Roma thinks about one Scudetto being worth 10. Uh, and I think that does need to change. But at the same time, the fact that there's an actual fight happening and that it's not just some, you know, uber billionaire dropping like 10% of a country's GDP on a club uh, makes it slightly more enjoyable for me. Uh, And it makes it seem like, you know, there's actually something to be playing for. And it's not just, you know, like a FIFA team that I'm putting together with, you know, the sugar daddy option on. So that's my that's my personal reason why. And I do think that, you know, despite what Pellegrini has said and is correct about, you know, we can't think of one Scudetto like 10. uh, Winning is a lot sweeter when you're winning the way that Roma does with a lot of pain along the way.
1: Yeah, I'll just say it's loyalty for me. I've grown to love the club over the last 15 years. I will say, though, in recent seasons, the losses have started to hurt a little bit less. Maybe I'm becoming a little more numb to the the losses (laughs) that I used to be.
0: Join us. Join us over here. We're just completely numb, dead behind the eyes, (laughs) and yet we still tune in to watch.
1: The wins are still exciting. Like the Atalanta match (laughs) is very exciting. But then you have a match like the Juve 4-3 debacle that they were up 3-1 and you're feeling so good and you're just like, those hurt, I guess, still. But some of these against, like, the Seth Wolves of the world, you're just like, God, what like, what happens in this
2: <laughs> scene? I,
0: I like that we're, like, the Pokemon evolution chain of Roma fandom where Jimmy's still optimistic. Uh, Steve's kind of in the middle and just completely completely numb. Um, behind <laughs> the eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we'll leave you guys with that as we're running out of time here. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, hopefully next week we'll get to talk about a win over Spezia, and we'll uh, catch you guys later.